Hello and welcome to a very, very special edition of Raya Act. My name is Renfrey Deppin, your host, and I am very, very, very ecstatically pleased to say that on the line, coming all the way from, I'm assuming Glasgow, although I may be wrong, uh, Mr Simon Neal from Biffy Clyro. Are you in Glasgow today or are you somewhere else? Hello. I'm down the coast. I'm in a small town called Ayr, just in the west coast of Scotland, overlooking That's, the sea just now. So it's I should, nice to be away from the city. I should have bloody known that. Actually, I should. I should have just. Yeah, I should. I. I knew. I knew you guys were from Ayr, so I, that was a Don't stupid worry. thing. We've all forgotten everything we know during this weird time of 2020. So listen, I've forgotten where to live. I've forgotten where to live. But thanks for having me on and what a lovely intro. It's a pleasure. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure, man. Um, uh, so, I mean, I've been um, following you guys around for a very, very long time. I remember seeing shows at the fire station in Bristol, uh, the Oxford no Zodiac. Way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Black and Sky kind of stuff, uh, supporting Hell is wow. for Heroes uh, with Ruben in tow. Your code name is Milo, yada, yada. Yada. So, oh, what an era that was! Yeah, well, thank you for following us, man. But well, th- that was one of my so many incredible bands coming out of Britain at that point. There was so much inspiring music, you know. So, I, f- I feel lucky to have been playing amongst that group of bands, mm. and I'm sure you remember the excitement just at that point. It seemed like it kind of anything was possible, and no one was trying to like, no one was trying to like be successful in the in the old fashioned sense. We just wanted to make an impact and make yeah. music that excited folks. So. Yeah, what a buzz to be around, but it's it's a long time ago now, brother. Can't it is. Believe it. it is. Well, I was just mentioning it, really, just, just to say we are going to jump around a little bit if you are happy to do that. But I do want to do some new album stuff first and, and um, uh, talk about that. But not only do we need to talk about a new record, but apparently in this whole, I've been reading quite a lot that apparently in this whole time of lockdown, you've essentially got another record that is pretty much ready to go. My assumption... Yeah. Uh, based on following your career for a while, is this is this a companion piece to Celebration of Endings in the same way that, say, Similarities is a companion to Opposites or, or, or Lonely Revolution? Exactly. Sort of, yeah. Okay. It's exactly that. It's basically when it, whenever we start working a new project or a new album, it's so important to me to have no songs left over. You know, if I'm if I'm writing in a two a two year period towards an album, I don't want to be thinking, oh, I had a pretty good riff from two years ago, but it wasn't quite good enough to make track one in that record, but I'll keep it around. So for me, I like to be quite brutal. Mm. So every single song idea I have that's hanging around, I really want to share it so that each time we start a project, it's like equally as terrifying as it, and as exciting and feeling like you're starting again. So, so yeah, it will be. It's a bunch of songs. A couple of songs are a bit more electronic, a couple are more kind of in keeping with the vibe of a celebration of endings and, but but the good thing about recording them out with the album is we can kind of just push the edges. We can take them into much different areas now because we're not trying to make it feel a cohesive part of a celebration of endings. So it can be a bit more, you know, chaotic, I guess, would be, would be the word. But um, we've got all the songs. It's, we haven't quite had the opportunity to get them all properly recorded yet. As you know, we've all slipped into another version of lockdown. Yeah which has kind of scupp- scuppered our plans. But but the music's there, it's ready to go. As soon as we can get it recorded properly, we will. That's how I have found... I've always sort of assumed that records like Similarities and Lonely Revolutions are kind of an opportunity to... Like, they, they feel more to me more than just B-sides records. It does feel like that you put those albums together with almost the same care and attention as you would a... Um, uh, 
normal studio album for want of a better word um but um it's just the material is a bit more wild and free and a bit more all over the place shall we say exactly because the thing is it's uh, sometimes we are kind of like two or three different bands in my head and but when you're making actually like a, a piece of art, like a record that needs to flow top to bottom, you, you don't always, sometimes certain songs, even though they might be your favourite from that moment, might not make the album flow properly. So it, you kind of have to be a, a, a slave to the art. And that's a terrible choice of word. Mm. You, you have to be like, um, you know, in awe, in awe of what the album is and, and like let that tell you and train you what it needs to be. And I've learned a long time ago to not be necessarily precious and and kind of think, oh, well, these are my these are the ten songs that either are most exciting to play or something. To me, it's like how it makes you feel when you kind of eat the whole the whole meal almost. You know, mm. you wouldn't if you love red meat, you wouldn't want a six course meal with red meat in every course. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's, it's like that. But equally. I want to keep cooking steak and eat. I don't, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about here, man. But you know what I mean? It's like it's That's like a good analogy. different kind of tamras and different yeah. kind of, you know, moods and emotions to make an album work. And so it's nice when all those other songs, because they're just, they're still jam packed full of personality, but, but they, but they can't be like trained. They can't be maintained to squeeze into an album. You know, they kind of are like free, like, like as if they're off their head on acid in 1968. You know, you're trying... It's like Grateful Dead's missing guitarist. You know that way? It's like, <laughs> we need you back in the band, but he's going to go and do all his shit anyway, you know? <laughs> well, it, it harkens back to a slightly different era of music. And uh, it's, an, it's an era that I love, the 90s. I think you're the same, just from the influences that <laughs> yeah. I know that you like. Um, and um, because... The the B-side kind of isn't a thing these days because singles don't really exist. And I don't know if it's um, unfair of me to describe them as B-sides records. Um, I don't mean that as a bad thing necessarily, because if I go back to some of the 90s bands that I grew up listening to, Pearl Jam, Smashing Pumpkins, so on and so forth. I mean, my favourite Smashing Pumpkins song is a B-side because I'm that guy. Yes, I am that I am that (laughs) nerd. I'm the same. Yeah, exactly. I'm the same though. It's like... It felt like those were the little secrets and the little gems that you, get, that you discovered when you really loved a band. And, and even though, as you say, singles aren't a thing anymore, I still feel, I still want our band to feel special to people that, that the people that are really into what we do will get the, the kind of compilation records and figure out. And sometimes people are like, oh, actually, I prefer this record to the one they've just spent loads of money on, you know? And like, but I, I love that because you're, that's the whole point of creating as well. It's finding new things to say, finding new ways to say things. And sometimes when when there's zero stress on a project, like beautiful things flower, you know, and you're you're maybe not as concerned with where does this record take shape compared to the last record, which which kind of I'm I'm always aware of when we're doing like the big budget albums. But with these other records, it's it's a way to express yourself in, in slightly different ways and, and the, I see so much value in that. I'm like that with Pero Jam. Like a couple of my favourite Pero Jam songs are B-sides. State um, of Love and Trust? You, you, absolutely. State of Love and Trust. Yellow Lead Better, yeah, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but, but like, all those early stuff, like Footsteps, you know. Yeah. Like, like I remember buying like um, in, in the late 90s, buying like cassette, but like rarities, things that you'd get in like the local market. And it was just some random person would compile all these radio sessions and demos of things. And I remember doing it for Nirvana, Perojam, Metallica, everything in that era. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. It, it still brings me excitement. But it's probably harder to tell that maybe the younger generation maybe don't quite appreciate how exciting that was that 
you know, six months after an album came out, you'd be like, there's, another, there's a compilation coming, or, you know, and you'd be like, wow, there's more more music. Yeah. Whereas now there's just, there's such a, there's a lot of music out there, so, so it's kind of like that, maybe that kind of shine of something being a little more elusive yeah. is maybe lost, lost a bit of its sheen. I've always loved that about Biffy, because, I mean, for me, again, and uh, you know, I am that music nerd, but Bongzoi Death Grip, to me, is as good a song as Glitter and Trauma. Do you know what I mean? So, like, well, like thank you. <laughs> you know, I, I, really, I really like, like, collecting as much of a band as I possibly can uh, and soaking it up as much as possible. Um, and I well, think that's how you f- find the identity. I think of most bands. You know, yeah. it's not always the things. It's like judging a person on when, like, they turn up to weddings or parties, and everyone's in their, you know, trying to do look their best, be their best behaviour. It's actually you want to see what people do when no one's watching, and that's kind of where you find it's the character of an artist or a band or something. And and I think that's people that know our band and understand our band are very aware that that's as important part of who we are as maybe the big, you know, the big kind of pop songs as such. I'm jumping around a little bit here and I will get back to Celebration of Endings, but just because based on something that you just said, people who know your band, the bigger that a band gets, the more people you, the more casual fans you get as as a uh, this mm-hmm. is just this is just you know maths this is just mathematics yeah. and there's a i think there's some serious misunderstandings about Biffy Clyro, if you'll permit me to say so. For example, um, you know, when you're announced on the download lineup, I think a lot of people hark back and go, oh, that silly X Factor band. And now I'm sure you're fed up of talking about X Factor, but, you know, just to, <laughs> just as an example, just as an example. And um, I mean, how do you how do you deal with that? I, I, I suppose there's there's benefits to that because you're getting bigger and you're getting to play bigger places and so on and so forth. But it's there was a certain ownership over Biffy Clyro back in the days of those first three albums, I think. You know, you toured mm-hmm. so relentlessly and so much. I remember there was a tour for Questions and Answers, which is just a single, which was about 30 dates around the UK. And people, <laughs> people, people like myself, people like myself did feel this ownership of the band. And then suddenly, you know, Mountains blows up and it gets bigger and bigger. And there's this, there's this sense there's a sense that people are kind of not able to grasp onto it. And then there's these other people who come on board and think only revolutions is the first album and stuff. I mean, I, yeah. I, there's not much of a question here. I have to admit, cause I am riffing a little no, bit, but, but how, but, you know, how do you react to all that stuff? It, it's something that I find myself thinking about, especially this year, just with not being able to tour and stuff, you know, it's something I've thought about a lot and we are quite an unusual band to get your head around. You know, yeah. realistically, I love, I love extreme music in, in all forms. So whether it's extreme pop music like Roxette or Tina Turner or something like that from the you know the eight, big eighties music, or whether it's bands like The Body or, oh. or Paul Bearer or something like yeah. that, you know, like you know, I, I love I love no, Imperial Triumphant, the Vile Luxury, not actually Alphaville, Vile Luxury, the previous yeah. album is one of my favourite records of the last few years. I can't stop listening to it. I yeah. can't get my head around it, and no. I love it so much. But I think for a lot of people, if people maybe like that extreme metal stuff, they maybe can't understand how someone can maybe also like beautiful kind of soft pop music and vice versa, someone who likes pop. So, but all I can kind of do is be true to what I dig and what inspires me and what happens when I pick up the guitar. Now, that's why I love playing live and and I'm, I'm, I have no doubt, not to sound arrogant, I know that we are one of the best live bands going. So, So that's why... 
when we have even these more pop songs compared with some of the heavier stuff, I know that when we play live, there's no doubt what kind of band we are. There's mm. no doubt that we'll mm. rip your fucking face off. I agree. And you have to, if you want to get close to, to playing a show like Biffy, you better, you better bring your fucking A-game, you know? And and that's where my kind of security of it all is because when I, when we present it as a band, it feels as one. It, it's It's tough for me when if I read comments online and mm. people will say, oh, that band, they just do this now. Mm. Or, or or I don't like their early stuff. It's so fucking, they don't know what they're doing. It's so noisy. And, and like part of me, I have a mild frustration at that because I think it all has value yeah. and I cherish it all. But it's a strange place to be in because it's, see, like Download, you know, we played Download for the first time in like 2004, I think. Yeah. I think we played it like six, six or seven times. Yeah. I grew up, in the you know you remember how good those Donington lineups were in the nineties and yep. there was like Pantera, of Rock, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sepultura, all, mm. you know, all all that stuff. Oh, of course, it was a Monster Rock then. It, it, all that stuff really educated me. So I come from that background. So it does. It always surprised me a little when people put us in this box of oh they're that pop band that had the the song or whatever. And, but it also excites me because I'm like you just don't know, do you? Mm, mm, and 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 you might you might never know, but see if you see if you decide to look under the bonnet or come and see us live, you're gonna leave and you'll know exactly who the fuck we are because it's it's all about like it's such a cliche, but it's pure truth and pure honesty is what, what we do. I, I don't want to make a same record I made when I was twenty. It's 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 as you know, that is the reality of my life. I, I need to feel connected to what I'm doing now. It doesn't mean that I feel unconnected to what's happened there, but that's mm. that's all part of the story for me. And and as I said earlier, that's why I clear the decks because we, we could potentially have made like resemblances of of like Infinity Land and Vertical. We could probably have done that for another three or four albums, even with the amount of songs we had hanging around. Yeah. And and I ju- I just felt like no, we, we need to, we just needed to break away. And and I feel that after every album, you know. It's it can make people tough to get a grasp on what we're doing, and I, and I have so much faith and respect, and and I really cherish our, our fans that understand what we do because we do ask a lot of our listeners, you know. So people like yourself that have been with us for a long time, and I'm sure there's some albums you like better than others, but that is what I want. I want to I want people to understand that it's a journey, it's life, it's we're growing up together. Mm. I, I always said I didn't want our band to just be the soundtrack to your weekend out. I wanted it to be the soundtrack to your life with songs that you can pinpoint moments in your life where you felt like this. And that's what the songs do for me. So so I I'm, I'm, can't wait to do Download because I love proving people wrong. Yeah. But you know what? See if you're an Iron Maiden, if you're an Iron Maiden fan, we're probably not exactly what you're looking for. Hmm. But what I would say is come and watch us and then make your fucking mind up. Don't make it up because you've heard a single on the radio or something like that because you know what the rules are you don't judge an album by its singles exactly <laughs> but so many people do and it's such a it's a really unique position to be in I think I don't think there are many I mean you know again forgive me for saying but when I was seeing you around the Vertigo Bliss era and stuff like that I absolutely adored what I was seeing and I came to see you as many opportunities as I got I never in a oh, billion fucking years thought that one day Biffy Clyro would be in a, an arena band and that's more to that's more to <laughs> No, exactly. But that's but but that's that's a that's an insane and and it's a wonderful position that we're in because so many. You know, I'm not going to name names, but so many bands who are on the same level of, of, uh, as Biffy are not as creative as Biffy. I think Celebration of Endings is a really really creative, really interesting album to put out 
to a very Thank large you. audience. Um, I was talking about cop syrup a lot and being like uh, in our review and saying, I'm so excited that, um, you know, again, forgive me for saying, but the sort of people who would go to Reading Festival these days or the sort of people who used to go to V Festival are going to hear a song like Cop Syrup. I'm really like exactly. that. Yeah, I love that. Oh, th- thanks, Matt. That's, that's it as well. Like when... You know, some, when you get, have the more casual fans coming to a show or digging a band, how did, like, we need to remember how we get into extreme music or heavy music. I didn't just wake up one day, I want to listen to Dayside. Yes, you know exactly. what I mean? It was like, you fucking, you slowly make your way and see if someone hears our band and then gets into the records and then starts to dig a six minute prog, prog punk kind of song and then goes back and li- likes or listens to bands that we've referenced or bands that we dig, and then they go into some weird, you know, go down some YouTube hole, and it takes mm. them to this whole world of bands. That's that's fantastic. Mm. I mean, I, I want to do that because that's what Metallica did for me. You know, Metallica, when I first heard them, I thought they were the most extreme band going. Then you go further down the rabbit hole, and you're discovering Pantera. I mean, Pantera's far beyond driven is still probably the most extreme album to get to number one in America yep. ever. Yep. You know, it's absolutely mind blowing. But you know, like these bands take you on a, on a journey, and and I still have as much love for Metallica as I always have for that reason. And and that's that's kind of what I want us to do. I want almost people to to be the Trojan horse. That we're the band that's in the kind of mainstream, but actually we're pulling people to the dark side all the time. <laughs> you know, we, we're not we're not there to kind of like we're not there to belong. We're there to entice, and that's what I really I relish about our position. You know, there's ups and downs with with where we are, and that's anybody in a band. There's ups and downs, but I love enticing people over to the the darker side of things. You know, mm. that's what it's all about. Mm. I want kids that are playing guitars to try and play a Biffy song and then go. Oh, I thought that was really straightforward, but it's got strange tunings, it's got strange voicings, you know. And and I think part of what I try and do with my songwriting is sometimes try and take things that are complex and make them as as uncomplex sounding as possible. But if you actually start to try and play along with that music, you're like, holy shit, this is really, really tough. You know, and I love that deception, you know, and that slowly, as I say, people don't realise that they're being pulled to the weirder side of things. Yes, I have said this on the show a few times, but learning to play mountains, uh, I play guitar as well, and um, learning to play mountains, I... Uh, it sounds like a deceptively simple song and you are all over the fretboard on that song. It is fucking intense. It's actually <laughs> quite difficult to play. It's quite, it's, it's, it's all over the place, you know? Uh, and, and, and yeah, I, I really kind of appreciated the songwriting a lot more. Uh, I, I already appreciated it, but even more listening to songs like that and realizing that like, and black chandeliers, another one as well, you know, um, that's not a question. Uh, it feels it so um go back to celebration of endings it feels like doing the balance not symmetry soundtrack from last year um put you in a headspace well from an outside outside perspective it feels like it put you in a headspace that was maybe necessary in order to write celebration of endings am i correct in that assumption or or is there anything to that or am i way off piste no you're spot on i think with the pre see after we after we made opposites um I had a kind of a bit of a kind of breakdown and, and I, I kind of d- just had to kind of re-engage with, with myself and my mind and find my kind of identity again. So so when we went to make Ellipsis, I really felt like when I look back on that, it's like that could almost have been 
maybe could have or should have been like a solo album of some sort because because I went in there trying to break out of the band perspective and the brand band dynamic and just take the songs in and say these are nice songs these are pretty songs let's see where we take them looking back at that I don't think that's necessarily the strength of our band. I still wouldn't change anything on Ellipsis, but I think it lacks that kind of abrasion and energy, perhaps, that we're, that we're known for. So coming off the back of that, I thought, I need to, I need to shake off this songwriter thing, you know, because I was sitting with my piano, sitting in guitar, and I was, it was you know, trying to write song, beautiful songs, but I was deliberately taking them away from that volume, you know, and I thought, as long as it's perfect in the skeleton form, then we can do this with it, and it'll be great, or we could do this... And actually, my filter needs to go through the, our three-piece rock band. Mm. So then when we went to make Balance Not Symmetry, I was just like, I, I don't give a fuck mm. what, we're, what we're doing here. You know, this is purely an artistic endeavour. We're not worried about talking about the record. We're not worried about having singles. We're not worried about explaining to a record company what we're trying to achieve. It was like just like pure creation in, in the purest sense. And I, and I love that. That's, that's when... That's when, why you start playing music, you know. That's why you start playing with your friends because you're like, no one's doing this. Let's do this, mm. and so it made me fall in love with that—the idea of being in a in a band again, and also not worrying about the extraneous things. You know, it, it's unromantic to say, but when you become slightly more successful, there's all these kind of distractions, and it's like, oh, if you do this, you'll get here, you know. And it's hard to not be clouded in that way and, and I felt like maybe my process on ellipsis was different than normally which was deliberate at the time but now looking back I'm like no I think my process I need to bring it back slightly in line certainly for Biffy stuff mm. you know when it comes to us being a band I, I think part of my process is is hearing the boys playing my ideas rather than just me playing them in a recording or something you know it, like it becomes it grows arms and legs and it becomes more twisted and um, so you're absolutely right without balance and also then without the Unplugged, because Unplugged was a fantastic six-month period to do. It made me realise I didn't want to sit down and just play these, be singer-songwriter. We're not that band. We're not at that stage of the band. And and I fucking wanted to do some shouting again. I needed to feel some abrasion again, especially with the last couple of years of our lives that we're all going through. Yeah. I just needed... I, I felt like I had... Ellipsis, off the back of opposites, because it was so fragile, Ellipsis was quite a fragile record, um, quite a yearning record, and quite a, you know, yearning's probably the word, whereas Celebration of Ending is full of confidence. This is just a confident record going, I don't give a fuck, in the best possible way. Not in a, you know... No, no, I know, I know what you mean. I do think you can hear that. It's, um, I mean, I don't know... I don't know if you'd go as far as to say it's an angry record, but certainly, I mean, look, I, I, I'll be totally honest with you. When I got the stream through and it got to end of and um, cop, cop syrup, I was in this very room and I'm, and being one of those one of those old school Biffy fans, I was jumping around the room. I was like, Simon's screaming again. And I know, I know, I know you did that a little bit on Balance Not Symmetry, but then I, I think I was just kind of like, oh, well, this is just, this is just a uh, soundtrack album. It doesn't mean it's necessarily going to come back. Back to this so you know and i don't want to sound like a total basic bitch and just be like oh well only the screaming stuff is good because that's nonsense that's not what i think but it is really nice to hear that again like it's because it's a, it's it, a, it's another tool that that hasn't it, been utilized. yeah yeah i think that's exactly it. it's absolutely 
it's such a part of our band, and that's what Ellipsis, I neglected that a little in an Ellipsis, and, and I think that's a, such an important part to just have that, because really we started as a, pu- a band purely about catharsis and being visceral and being as many, like almost trying to upset the audience with the, with the amount of ideas we throw into a song. One minute we're doing three-part harmonies, the next minute we're screaming, and, and it's made me kind of realise as well, those beautiful pop moments work a lot better when they're next to that abrasion and that's something that's slightly more ugly. If everything's pretty, then it gets boring. And vice versa as well. You know, like if we made a record that was all screaming, I wouldn't be happy with that because it needs those moments of fragility. But I'm glad glad you you said that. And it it makes me feel good to hear you say that because all I ever want, I will always want to retain the vibe of the reason that I picked up a guitar. And it gets harder and harder the more records you make and the more shows you know and if you become successful at a certain point it clouds things what all i want to do is feel that joy and that euphoria of when you pick up a guitar and you play a new tune and you're like this is fucking brilliant and and that is that's what i rediscovered i think in this last couple of years as opposed to just being in the treadmill of things and 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 it's certainly something that we'll hold on to moving forward Mm. i've realized that it's a a defining characteristic of the band and also of who i am because not screaming for a few years actually didn't help me mentally. You know, that way, like, I felt I felt like I wasn't getting things out that I, that sometimes I needed to. You know, that way it was maybe being a bit more... Just not... Because the act of screaming, it's... Cathartic. You know, it's, it's cathartic. It's a whole body thing. You know, your whole body shakes. And, and not doing that for a while kind of made, made my tension build. So um, it's something that we will definitely embrace moving forward That's... as well. It's, it just It feels right. That's very. That's really, really interesting to hear. Um, I'm like, I, I think it makes quite a lot of sense in terms of. Um, I mean, I, I don't want to sit here and bullshit you, um, Simon. Ellipsis is my least favorite Biffy Clyro record, so it's quite interesting mm-hmm. to hear that that's how you feel about it. Not, not you haven't said that, and I wouldn't expect you to say that. But that's interesting to hear that you didn't feel that it was quite, um, quite what Biffy Clyro were meant to be. Um, but yeah, I think it was an attempt at kind of like I, I just it, after like six six albums, I, just, I felt like it was time to just like try and work in a different way. If anything, it was for my own sanity because after doing so many years of like working records, you know, it's um, you know, because I, I, I write all the songs and come up with all the bass and the drums and things, so, so it ends up my mind sometimes at the start of a project I'm like I can see the 18 months of my mind just mm. being rinsed dry and I think that was a it was a conscious effort to protect myself doing ellipsis and not engaging in that aspect but ellipsis is definitely the outlier I would I would say even even only after looking three or four years later I'd say that's the one record that's the kind of outlier even more so than balance not symmetry mm. you know I think balance maybe maybe fits more into our path as a band but but as I say, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change ellipses for anything because mm. it felt like a moment of, you know, the vulnerability of the front cover and everything. I was very aware that this was a, it was just a different headspace for me to write an album, and I think I was, I was in a more vulnerable place, and I appreciated it at the time. Um, but, but again, that's that's why it brings you back to making another record as well. Yeah, you know, when I look back to ellipses, I would probably put put like Wee Man in the name of the Wee Man on the record yeah. and like Don't Won't Can't they would they would probably be on the record but as I say at that moment in time I just wanted it to be songs I thought I just want to make something that's pretty that that people can listen to without their heart racing out their chest mm. and actually 
that's not what you come to Biffy for. I realised that as well. That's not what I come to Biffy for. It's like I want to get my heart racing. I want to fucking want to be singing at the top of my lungs, you know. And um, so yeah, but every project is is worth it. That's the thing, Renfrey. Every project feels like it gives you something back, even yeah. if you know. One album has to be people's least favourite, so yeah. I'm just pleased that we're still growing, we're still you know manipulating our sound, we're still discovering new things about ourselves, and yeah. Um, so so I, I appreciate your honesty. I mean, to be to be fair, I still think it's a there's some cracking stuff on that record, you know, and 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 I think this is the thing that I've always said. We actually said it in our review of the uh, new album, you know, whilst because uh, my co-host agreed with me, and whilst whilst it is our personally our least favourite Biffy record, there's still some fantastic stuff on there, you know, and if if if, if if I was in a band and I had nine records and, and Ellipsis was the worst one, I would be very, very happy <laughs> with that. <laughs> I did worse in a, oh, uh, a quote, quote, thanks, quote unquote right. there. Yeah, just to be clear. You're um, making me feel good after that. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Well, I realised I was like, oh, for fuck's sake, I've just told the front man I'm one of the biggest fucks. I would really like to talk to you about the live stream at the Barrowlands. Um, we've had of loads of these live streams and some have been very, very successful. I would put yours in that. I probably wouldn't have brought it up if I didn't think it was successful, to be honest with you. <laughs> Let's talk uh, about other band streams. <laughs> Behemoth was very good. Um, it was actually. Uh, I heard but, it was awesome. Yeah, oh, the Polish church me. and the church. Yeah, it was, oh, pff, lots of like virgin, they know what doing, virgins man. strung up and all this kind of thing. It was great. Uh, but anyway, um, virgins strong up probably isn't appropriate for Biffy Claro, but <laughs> I thought it was what I really really loved about it is it really felt like you approached it um, not simply as a let's just film a live gig every single I mean it was around about an hour and a half uh, and every single kind of there, there was a, there was a moment there was a jaw drop moment like every 10 minutes or so throughout the show there was something that happened that made you go oh, that's cool <gasps> that's cool oh they're in a box and it's lit up oh, that's cool um is that how how did you want to approach that i mean obviously there was loads of people who were doing these streams and, and did you did you kind of want to approach it in a like we have to be really really creative with this or how did how did that all come about yeah exactly that so watched a couple of streams and and I guess realistically, see, even if I watch a DVD from like 20 years ago of my favourite band playing to 100,000 people, see, after four songs, I maybe start skipping and try and find my favourite moments. Now, that's when people were allowed to be together. So so I was very aware that even watching a live show of your favourite band for an hour, it can seem like a long time, yeah. you know, when it's one perspective. So... As soon as I thought about the fact that we were breaking the front of the stage, like we didn't need to face one direction like we've trained ourselves to do for, for 20 years. As soon as that clicked in my mind, just all the, the four setups came to me. I knew how, basically I kind of visually drew out how I wanted the album to be seen. And then we, t- we managed to bring it all together. And, and I have to say the crew and the camera folk and our live lights and the live sound folk Without them, it would have been completely impossible because the amount of machinations going on, you can kind of see it at points when we're moving, you see people pulling the amps out. and So it was, you, it you was could, almost more, more theatre. You I could guess, tell it was certain. a team. Yeah, you could tell it was a team effort, very much so. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and, and it was based, I, I, because it was the whole album as well, mm. 
I knew that there was a way to represent it just in a different way. I wanted it to almost become like a visual album, you know, not in a Beyonce style or anything like that, but in a each song should have its own mood because yep. this album is quite is quite eclectic. It has moments of pure fragility, it has moments of big bombast and you know pumped up chests, and and it just didn't feel appropriate to do them in any other way than what we did. And and quite often in a project like this, you have a hundred ideas and maybe three quarters of them don't work and a quarter of them do. Every single idea we had and that I had for this performance came together. Even things like the, the 360 microphone head, yeah. which we're going to fig- figure out a way to use at live shows in the future. You know, things like I, I want to be able to do like an acoustic song where if people bring their Bluetooth headphones, they put them in and then I'm literally on a stage, maybe, you know, a distance away, but I'm basically in your ear singing a mm. song. So, so there's little things like that that, so, so even some ideas from this performance, I would like to take forward to, pro, you know, with normal live shows, whatever they may be, return. Mm, mm. But, but it was just so important for it to be something other than than our band jumping around on stage, because realistically, see, without the fans there as well, our adrenaline and my my excitement isn't at the same level, you mm, know. And and, mm. and I would have, I would have felt like trying to recreate like a Biffy gig without the fans with that level of intensity, I would have felt like I was kind of pretending. Faking it. Or yep. like, exactly. And and, yeah. and 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 to skip past that, it was like, let's let's just focus on where we need to be. So during the performance, it was, it was fantastic because we were kind of like, we were just worried about each other getting to the right spots. And, and it just ended up, we hit the perfect headspace for it, which was at no point during it, we sit and go, oh, there's no crowd or this or that. It was like, let's get the first half of the album done, take a break. And let's do the rest. But um, I'm really excited for people who maybe are unsure, as we talked earlier about downloads and things, for people that are unsure of, of our band, we'll, we'll get this out at some point. But I would recommend people go and check this out because it probably it says a lot more about our band than, than, than a song would. You know, it's like this, this is hopefully the level of creativity we like to operate at. We don't like to take the easy choice. And... And we're slightly fucking odd with what we do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think the, the the C word is the key word. Not that one. Creativity. Um, I think that is that is the key word. You know, and that's why I you know that's why I've always admired Biffy. Even at, at whatever stage of your career, there's always been that sense that you want to push things and do things a little bit differently from other people. And that's yeah. why I've always stuck around. You know, I've always you well, know. I, I appreciate it. And as I said to you earlier, it means the world to me. Someone like yourself who knows music inside out, you know, you know, you know what what people being inspired by the right things are as well, and that's that's the thing. I think when people presume we're a mainstream band, that's a presumption that we're inspired by like success or being successful. And 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 someone like yourself knows, and people that know our band know that that's the exact opposite. If anything. We try and be anti-successful, you know, like, like, like we're called Biffy fucking Clyro, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like we're not exactly, you know, we've not exactly set our stall out to be easy to swallow, you know, and, mm. and, and that's what I love. And and it, it's that journey with, with, with someone like yourself, Rainford, that means the world to me because cause there's that understanding about about each other, I hope. I know. I hope that doesn't sound disingenuous. You no, know, because no, not so. You know, obviously it's slightly more one-sided when, if you're listening to records, but, but you know, I do feel... I feel like I know our fans and I have a trust and a respect and hopefully they feel the same with me and there's no bullshit 
It's like people know that it is about the creation. It's about inspiration. Trying to feel inspired in the world when sometimes it's hard to feel inspired. Trying to keep fucking going because we believe in what we do, even when times are tough, you know. And 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 it, things don't things that come easy aren't worth having. I think that's maybe that's a specifically. British perspective, maybe a Scottish perspective. We're maybe slightly more cynical than you guys, but but I honestly feel that. Like, see, if something comes too easy, then it's it's fucking probably not worth it, you know. Mm-hmm. So we've definitely not made it easy on our fans. Or <laughs> well, when talking about going to the moon, JFK said we don't do these things because they're easy. We do them because they're hard, you know. And I I think that's a, a great thing to to imbibe. I think in terms of that kind of like, th- there's lots of things that I feel like Biffy don't do, you know. <laughs> like I mean for example I remember the time um, uh, watching Sunny Day Real Estate at the forum and unannounced you guys just supported Acoustic and I think you just did oh, that because yeah. you just love the band right and this was this was um, post mountains this was this wasn't when you were Vertigo Bliss era this was or Black and Sky this was you know you were a massive massive band yeah. who I think you were playing Brixton around that time maybe even bigger venues and you were just like well we really we love Sunny Day Real Estate so we're going to come down and support them you know and band Absolutely. Yeah, that's wicked. It's, it's, you can see, see, see. To be honest, it's it, it gives me a bit of guilt because a lot of my favourite bands that that inspired me to write songs and pick up a guitar maybe didn't get quite the level of you know inverted commas success that we have. So, so see, whenever a band like we wouldn't exist, I wouldn't have picked up a guitar without Sunny Day Real Estate, without Jeremy Enix's voice, his chords, the way he built those songs, yeah. and and spending night after night listening to those records you know i mean like how it feels to be something on i know that's like they're kind of almost poppiest one but i i I think that's a perfect fucking record you know it's my favorite it's my favorite song how it feels to be something on. i know people say diary or yeah 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 Yeah. no it's all about how it feels exactly and and it's it's a perfect it sounds so delicious and and when I would listen to bands like that, I would be like, why aren't these guys, why doesn't everyone know who the fuck these guys are? Yeah, you know, yeah. but but in a way it gave us, just when I'm talking back to like our lack of ambition when we started and stuff, it, 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 our ambition was always about the music and about being inspired and creative. It was never about the end result because because anyone we respected and loved never made a fucking living, never hit the charts, mm. never fucking... Most of them didn't even get to make more than two records, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I'm like, mm-hmm. so, so there's, there's bands that just, so that's why when, when it's like, say Sunny Day, that show, I mean, it's, it's a wee while ago now, but it was like, we could, I couldn't believe we were, we were, they wanted, they were letting us play with them. You know, it's little things like that. I wasn't going to go, oh, you know, we'll go in here and we'll go. It was like, holy shit, we're playing with Sunny Day, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's, that's something I never, ever want to lose, you know, I mm. never want to lose that and, and it gets harder to maintain, to hold on that sense of like kind of innocence and, and love, like that un, undiluted love that you have when you start. But that's, that's what I see as my job, you know, mm. which is why if I go a, a, a short period of time where there's like no bands turning me on, I really, I, I don't stop until I find something that turns me on. And that was how I discovered Imperial Triumphant was mm. because was just checking out all the bands that were in Roadburn Festival in Holland. And a couple of my friends went that year yeah, I saw, I saw Mike. You know, I, I bumped into Mike. Yeah, that'll be, yeah, that'll yeah, be the year. Yeah, 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 yeah magma. Yeah. I mean, he went. He went for fucking magma. 
You know, I don't know if you're aware of magma. <laughs> I, know, I know, Matt. But, I saw magma in Barcelona at a festival and I like esoteric music, Simon, but I can't do magma. <laughs> it's a bit too much, isn't it's it? A it's a bit too much. The, the odd song. Yeah. The odd song here or there and you're like... <laughs> and they've been doing it for 45 fucking years. I know. I know. I mean, a fair play to them, but I, I, in the baking heat in Barcelona for a festival I was reviewing for the Independent, I was like, I can't fucking do this. Um, I was, I was nice to them, <laughs> but I couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. Um, I, 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 you've, you've been so fucking generous with your time that I just have a couple more questions about just a couple of projects that I've heard that you're working on, which really sound very, course, very brother. intriguing indeed. Uh, I just, mm-hmm. we just mentioned Mike. I mean, look, I, I heard about this project. I think it was. Um, one of the enemy uh interviews i read or maybe the the, the rock sound one are you really doing a, a grindcore project with mike venner uh, formerly of ocean size and currently touring member of biffy clyro yes we are i've, I've got <laughs> like i've got the i've got the bloody nine songs songs here actually <laughs> right <laughs> uh, I, so, I probably should mike will be annoyed if i play them to anyone but of course not yes so so it started out it's called empire state bastard yeah it was, uh, <laughs> project that I've been talking talking to Mike about for about 18 months, two years. Mike went away, did some real twisted stuff, and before I knew it, we had like 11 songs or something. So okay. originally it was all going to be real, like Napalm, Death, Discordant yeah. Axis, kind of cattle decapitation, like fools. And now it's ended up, it's becoming a bit more sinister. You know, as most heavy music lovers, the last Daughters record blew my tits off. Yes, and we love that record. been a little... Yeah. A little of that kind of eeriness has crept in, so it's, so it's it's got like a Melvinsy vibe and also like a grindcore kind of vibe, and basically we're we're looking to do it next month, October. Things will slow down Biffy wise because we're not touring, which is disappointing. But, yeah, yeah. But I'm, I'm trying to take every cloud as a silver lining. So like normally I'd be in tour for another twelve months, but actually I get the opportunity to go and make a project with one of my favourite guitarists and songwriters of all time. Venart, you know, and yeah. then I'm working on, on another project which is a drone doom project and it's called Tippy Toes. <laughs> yeah, what a good, it's a good name. Juxtaposition, name. yeah. Yeah, so that's with my friend Martin Scott who used to drum in a band called Aerogram. I love Aerogram. And Gambler, yeah. and yeah. Gambler from yeah. Ocean Size. So okay. Gambler is a proper sonic manipulator. He makes kind of noise music for one of a better term it's it's almost it's more subtle than that he'll he'll like degrade tape for like a week and then and then just record it he did that british theater project um i actually uh streamed it on the independent when i was there (laughs) not to pick myself up but i did (laughs) so yeah good on you man that's 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 what i like to do when i was at the independent i mean they got rid of me but you know (laughs) you maintained you you kept up the, the 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 rocking corner of the fucking map. That's, you, yeah, yeah, that's what I try. That's what I try to do anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you um, did, brother. You absolutely did. But sorry. Um, um, yeah. So a doom, doom. Yeah, doom project. That with. Yes. So it's going to be that potentially there'll be no drums in that. So it starts as something. It was going to be like om. It was going to be that kind of like. It started out as a kind of comedy, like because I, I can kind of. I can do some throat singing. <laughs> so, so, like, but believe it or not, I can't. I'm not going to do it right now because it's too early and I've not no, no, smoked no, no, or no, drunk no, no. enough. <laughs> but but it started with this this voice effect that I let the boys hear, and then Gambler sent me over some glitchy stuff, and then Martin sent this drone, so they would come together to create this monolithic, and it could potentially just be one piece of music that's like an hour long, but that would be really oppressive. There might not be any vocals or rhythms in that, as I say, so 
It's again after doing like Biffy records. I, I like when I've when I've written a few pop songs and the pop songs are right. I, I like to kind of get myself all grimy and dirty again with mm. with my mind I'm talking about and kind of not break that structure, break the structure of thinking what a song needs to be and like fuck fuck a song. You know what's a song and. So that then when I come back to Biffy, I've got that want and that need to give it a bit more structure. You know, I don't think, I think Biffy will, will still stay as esoteric as we are and kind of slightly off the wall. I don't think, you know, I think, I'm not quite sure where we move next, but, but I've already got a couple of ideas, you know, that's still a little while away. But I know dipping my head into these projects is just going to kind of wash me in filth, clean me with filth, if you know what I mean, for one of a bear fruit. And, and it will help you figure out what the next stage is for Biffy. This is essentially what you're saying. Exactly, mm. exactly. Because at this stage as well of being Biffy, it's it's not about, oh, like, let's get another album out. We, we, could, we could make an album this week if we wanted to. Well, not in the lockdown, we couldn't. <laughs> no, right but, no, you know, yeah. like, like, we, we could make an album. And, and it's now at this stage, it's like, I really want to feel everything we do has complete purpose. And it isn't just either a a watered-down version of what we've done. I, I always, and I'm sure people, critics of our bands will be like, oh, you've been playing the same song for 20 years. No, we haven't. Really <laughs> but, haven't. But, really but, haven't. But I, I definitely, it needs to, I need to find which way it's going to twist and, uh, and, and quite often doing these other projects helps. That was why I started doing Marmaduke Duke. That was the next. That's the next one I was going to ask you about because I heard a rumor that there was a third Marmaduke Duke album on the way as well. Yeah. Is that true? I, do, I do, honestly, yeah, I, I don't even know how I've managed to do it because that was complete. Like we basically get two or three songs to do in that, and they were all complete even before last year. So I think in my year off, we managed to do Balance Not Symmetry, Unplugged, write a Duke record, do wow. half of an Empire State Bastard record, and then so like. All these things are kind of coming together now. And I'm really pleased because see, see, trying to start something from scratch at the moment when we're all in such unsure footing and our foundations are kind of shifting day to day. I'm really glad that I've got a couple of things that were set in stone because, you know, a couple of people have asked, you know, oh, would you write your, their lyrics to a celebration of endings differently if it was released now? You know, and it's like, no, because I think we, we all need to process this time. You know, yeah. like... I don't think the most inspiring and telltale art of this period is going to come out while we're going through this. It's going to come in the aftermath and how we feel afterwards because at the moment it's about survival, keeping people's spirits up, everyone trying to kind of get through it and then the reflection comes. So so I am anticipating a sense of reflection on the next Biffy record when it, you know whenever that may be because I think we all will, you know, I know that we're slowly slowly reflecting during this period but it's really, it's, it's the recovery of something where you start to realise what a toll it's taken. You know, mm. we're still in the middle of doing things. With, you know, everyone's, you're talking about how, you know, you've been busier than ever doing your, your podcast, but everything everything's landing on your lap. You're having yeah. to do everything. And, and these are things that we'll only kind of engage with properly once we stop, if you yeah, know what I mean. I, I agree. Hope that make, I hope that makes sense. Yeah, you know? it totally makes but, sense. It absolutely makes sense. It's a time of, um, it's a time of reflection for everyone um, because because this is a, a big fat pause on the world or the, the way that we operate in the world, certainly. So we're all reflecting yeah. on these times, aren't we? Um, and it might even be a pivot. It might even be more of a pivot than a pause. You know, I think that's what I'm slowly coming to terms with and that most people are is that, I think even when we start up again, it's, it, we might struggle to get back to the the feel of the world the way it was. Yeah, that kind of carefree attitude, you know, not carefree is the wrong word because there's lots of horrible things going mm. on. But you know that 
and and I think I think it, it will take a slight pivot, and then we'll find our, we'll find our footing, and we'll be off. But mm, um, mm, but mm. but thank fuck for music though during this lockdown. I tell you that it's been it a great year. Feel, it has. There's been so many great records, yeah. and it's made me feel a part of something. See, listening to records that I've been loving, and, and even releasing our own record. Even when you're alone listening to an album, you do feel a part of something, and that's what I love so much about music, more than films, more than than, than art or sculpture or, or, or theatre. Maybe, maybe theatre is slightly different, but music is like, you just you feel that you're having a conversation. You feel that there's some kind of connection, and that's why it's it's encouraging to know that we need it more than ever, you know? (laughs) I completely agree. (laughs) I completely agree. That is, that is a wonderful place to end. Although I'm going to be really cheeky and just ask one more thing, just to go back to Marmaduke Duke, because I, um, I went to see Marmaduke Duke in heaven and uh, at heaven, the, 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 well, the gay nightclub in uh, London, which is a Mm -hmm. perfect place to put Marmaduke Duke on. Um, I could, I could describe the gig, but I'm curious to know from your perspective, how would you describe a Marmaduke Duke gig? Because I have been to literally thousands of gigs with the job that I do. It is literally, genuinely one of the most unique things I have ever been to. And I, I've wanted to ask you that question since I went to that gig. So how well, the fuck, how the fuck do you describe Marmaduke Duke? What is it, it for it, people who don't it's know? Ki- it's kind of like Sesame Street on acid. That's what I would describe. <laughs> The, the aesthetic and the visuals and the music can go from like carnival fairground music to yeah. total night, nightmare music. And yeah. the whole premise of that project was just extreme, extreme, extreme. So the yeah. lyrics are extremely ludicrous at points. Yeah. The music can be extremely abrasive. Some of it's extremely fragile and some yeah. acoustic songs but yeah. and then the second record we went into like this disco kind of funk yeah. kind of <laughs> landscape <laughs> it's fucking it's, bonkers it sounds weird to say it is bonkers I, it's bonkers it's, yeah but you know what it, it was all my because i've spent my life playing guitar on stage as well see all my rock and roll dreams came true doing those shows because see not being stuck to a mic stand in, a, in an amp and see being yeah. able to travel through the venue stage dive get up close with people yeah. and to be in the kind of relative safety of a mask and tights yeah. it's honestly i can't wait to do it again i hope i hope we will do some shows with this third album coming out cool it's been a little while since the last one so we'll we'll figure out how chaotic they're going to be but either way it's still going to be a memorable experience we, we, we talked about because it's called the death of the duke we were going to right. take it like a week, like a like a week almost round, you know, um, around the country, so that people could come and pay their respects to the Duke. Oh, so, fantastic! So, so that's that's part of our concept, you know. We we wouldn't, I wouldn't make people pay money to come to a show and not see a live performance. But that's yeah. say the support bands might be the Duke, and you come in, pay your respects, and then we kind of we say goodbye to the Duke through the show. So very exciting, and still feeling as inspired and creative as as ever, Remy. But it's but. It's, I just wish we could keep going. I just yeah, want to keep going just yeah. now, you know. I mean, the Duke, the Duke appears in the shows. You've got um, audiences bringing swords along with them swords, and, and capes. Uh, uh, capes. And it's a mad carnival. Like I'd heard Duke Pandemonium, oh, fucking hell, Duke Pandemonium before I went to the show. But that's all I knew, really. Um, and then I turned up. I was like, I feel out of place here. This is insane. <laughs> it was, but it I was think everyone brilliant. did. Yeah, it was insane. I feel out of place. It was my fucking <laughs> 
Simon, you have been uh, such such good pleasure, uh, good company, and thank you so much right. for joining us for an hour. It's really, really appreciate it. Um, oh, time- I love it, man. Thanks uh, for having me on, right? Act. I really appreciate Ray and Free, and it's a, such a pleasure to talk to you. Yeah, properly, pleasure man. to talk it's, to you too. Um, uh, the the new record, as Celebration of Endings, it's fantastic. I mean, we we did say in our review. I actually said I think it's my favourite Biffy record since Puzzle. So, oh wow! There you go. Um, you. And I do genuinely mean that. I think it's a fantastic. Yes, yeah, and that means a lot to me, brother. Thank yeah. you. I think it's brilliant. So it means a um, lot to me. Really hope we can see you on the road soon. I know you're desperate to get out on the road. Um, but yeah, uh, watch this space.